The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth-Body Connection with Dr. Dawn Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. You know, years ago, I started my professional life in dentistry only to get out and get into the world of medicine, only to get back into dentistry to find out that a lot of people's health problems really are stemming from something that's going on in their mouth or that you could have a clue to something that's going on in the mouth and something going on in the body. So that's what we call the tooth-body connection. As time went by, I actually had an opportunity to become the executive director and now look at uh, creating the continuing education for all the dentists that are involved in this organization and for the physicians that are involved in this organization. It's a group of dentists and doctors that completely understand that something that's in your mouth that's not what God gave you, so let's say a crown or a filling, might be interfering with your health, either because the bite might be off or because you might have a reaction to that particular material. Today we're going to talk about biological diagnosis and therapy. And really some of that is just common sense looking in the mouth. If you're a dentist or a hygienist and you're looking in someone's mouth and they're a methamphetamine user, you could pretty much tell right off the bat they have a very distinct picture that they present of their teeth and the decay that goes on right along the gum line. You also might notice if someone were a purger or if they had a problem with bulimia because those stomach acids coming back up on the tooth, the tooth was not designed to withstand that kind of uh, stomach acid. And so you also might see erosion of some of the tooth enamel. Somebody who's real astute will also notice if you have flat tops to your teeth. It uh, kind of looks like a cow's tooth where you do a lot of chewing and grinding on those teeth. And hopefully they would put you into uh, an office that could make some kind of a night guard or an appliance for you so that you're not grinding away that precious enamel and creating a problem either for the muscles in your head and neck or for the tooth itself where there could end up being a microfracture because of the grinding. You know, your teeth are meant to withstand a tremendous amount of pressure end-to-end, but not really side-to-side, so that that grinding can push your tooth from side-to-side, which would be like wiggling it, and that can create a problem for the bone that's holding the tooth. We also want to make sure that when you're seeing a biological dentist, or any dentist for that fact, 
that they're doing a head and neck oral cancer screening. So I'm going to try to describe what that should look like from a patient's perspective. You're sitting in the chair, the dentist or the hygienist may be facing you and put both their hands on your head, feel underneath uh, your, your neck, like where you feel your Adam's apple is. They may ask you to swallow. They might come from behind then and place their fingers in your ears and get you to open and close. They might put their thumbs behind your ears and ask you to open and close. They would feel on either side of the neck. What they're feeling for is lymph glands that may be swollen. They'll even feel up to the top of the back of your head, feeling for some of those lymph glands that actually are underneath the the scalp, but going up the back of your head. Then what they'll do is take a two-by-two piece of gauze, two inches by two inches, and ask you to stick out your tongue. They should grab your tongue and pull it from one side to the other as it's extruded outside of your mouth. And What they're doing is they're looking at the sides of your tongue and lifting it up, looking for any kind of a lesion, looking for any bite marks, uh, anything that would be considered a growth or abnormal. Then they relax the tongue and, and they'll take their finger and put it in your mouth and what we call palpating or feel underneath your tongue. And at the same time, they may be pushing up from underneath your chin so that they're, again, feeling for any abnormalities like a little nodule or a cyst that might uh, be in that area. Then they'll take their fingers and put one finger on the outside of your cheek, maybe one or two fingers on the inside of your cheek, and actually feel the cheek muscle itself. Again, looking for or feeling for any type of little abnormality. Then they'll ask you to close down as they take their fingers and kind of pull your cheeks out to the side because they need to be able to see the sides of your cheek on the inside. So if somebody dips and they keep the tobacco in that same area of their mouth day after day after day, that creates a precancerous tissue growth, and it looks like white leather in comparison to the rest of the tissues that look nice and pink and um, the, the capillary refill, the nice pink color is from the blood that's there. Those are the types of things that they would be doing in an oral cancer screening. And it's no laughing matter when you're talking about head and neck cancer because they are generally something that can be caught early and tended to fairly easily. But when left untreated, can really cause some gross deformities by having to have them removed. And so this is something that should be done on a yearly basis. There are even now some really interesting lights that are out there that use some uh, UV and they can paint the insides of the cheek and the tongue with things. And if something's abnormal, it'll show up just as a different coloration so that they can send you out for a uh, culture or for a pathology on that particular area. Another thing that we would look at in the mouth is just sugar exposures. That could, again, be decay, or it could be that uh, the sugar disposures, exposures are starting to erode different areas of, of the gum tissue or the tooth itself. 
And that might be somebody who's drinking something like lemonade on a regular basis, or they're sucking on hard candies on a regular basis. They're chewing gum. They're drinking sodas, you know, and now they've gone back to work. They didn't have any decay before, but now they're back at work and they can't really get up and go get anything to eat or drink. So they put a can of soda at their desk and they sip on that soda all day long. So each time you take a sip of something that's got sugar in it, you've got a good 15 to 20 minutes of the bacteria in your mouth taking in that sugar and excreting an acid on the tooth. And that acid is actually what burns a small hole through the enamel. So eating your three meals a day is not the major issue. If you brush once a day, you remove most of the plaque and bacteria, go ahead and eat your three meals. It's not a big deal. It's these people that are exposed on a continual basis that seem to have this constant bathing of the acids from that bacteria that will ultimately create all this decay. There's a great uh, course that was put on years ago, and I think I was first exposed to it maybe 23 years ago. A Dr. Sam Queen, who's a PhD in nutrition, put on this course called A Mouthful of Evidence. Really, really good course for dentists and hygienists that were basically going over some of the things I'm talking to you about today. There's a lot that you can just use your eyeballs for for your biological diagnosis and come up with what's going on in this person's mouth. On top of that, we start to look at things like the pH. So when we think of pH, most of us are thinking about soil. You know, you've got a pH of a soil, and if it's acidic, then you'd have a wonderful azalea that's growing there. Other plants like it to be more alkaline. Well, the same thing goes in your mouth. We've got some foods that are alkaline ash forming and some that are acid ash forming. Oddly enough, the lemon or lime, you think of it as an acid, ascorbic acid, but it actually goes in and converts into an alkaline ash forming product. So it makes your body completely alkaline um, and you can measure your urine pH in order to find that out. But in the mouth... Our salivary pH actually changes some of the enzymes that we have. So if you have a salivary pH that is over 7, which would be unusual, but let's say you did, then all the talin production stops and you would have a difficult time breaking down carbohydrates. So not only is our mouth important as far as our teeth go for just chewing our food and trying to emulsify it so that it can be broken down, but you can see now that our mouth has to do with some of the enzymes and the breakdown of just some of the foods that are going in themselves. Um, when we look at some of the biological diagnoses, and I know you've heard us talk before about electroacupuncture according to Vol, which is also called computerized electrodermal screening, or you'll hear some people call it electrodermal screening and even another company calls it Meridian Stress Assessment. Those are all things that can be used for tools to give us some more information about what's going on in the mouth, even from the uh, different points on the body to look at digestion, to look at things like the possibility of an infection or an area where a tooth was taken out and didn't fill in with healthy bone. And a lot of times those of us in the biological realm will call that a, a cavitation. So that EAV is a 
piece of equipment that is connected to an ohm meter. If you think of it that way, your, your electrician comes in the house and you tell him, gosh, you know, when I connect my Christmas lights, everything dims and this goes out or, or my dishwasher doesn't work, but everything else that's on this circuit does. Or you could think of it as your car, which has uh, the service soon light comes on and you take it into your mechanic and he looks at it electronically to try to figure out what's going on. That's kind of what the EAV device does, is it uses this ohm meter and you touch different acupuncture points, which are actually called vol points, and you gather how much of the electricity could actually flow through that meridian and uh, you get some particular readings that then the person uses to make a determination about what's going on. So I want to make that really clear because just like a thermometer would be used to see if a person has a temperature, it doesn't tell you if the person just got out of a sauna. It doesn't tell you if the person just got out of a hot shower. It doesn't tell you if the person has just been running a marathon. It doesn't tell you if the person has meningitis or the flu. So you as the practitioner have to put these pieces of the puzzle together in order to come up with some kind of a treatment plan for this individual. If you are interested in finding a dentist or a physician that kind of leans more towards this kind of uh, looking at and puzzling all these pieces of information together, I'm going to encourage you to go to our website, www.iabdm.org, and you can do a search and find a dentist in your area. If by some chance you can't find a dentist, there's an email uh, contact on there, and you can get in touch with myself or my trusty sidekick, Toby, and we will help you try to find someone. We're about to take a break, and when we come back, we will start talking about one of our other tools, thermography. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. 
We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live healthy, be healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and we were just talking about EAV, electroacupuncture according vol. And if you are really interested in getting some more information in that particular uh, type of tool to be used in dentistry or just in whole health, I'm going to encourage you to go to my website, drdawn.net, and look at the book. Let the Tooth Be Known. That's a book that I wrote that's all about EAV, and it goes over a lot of things about biological dentistry, so it covers a lot of questions. It's kind of written for a lay person, but there are some parts in there that are for the practitioner. And if you get it through an ebook version, I think it's less than five bucks, so it's um, real cost effective for you. Okay, the next tool that we can use is thermography. Now, thermography, you think of the word thermal, it's temperature. Of course, it is. It's a camera that's a heat-seeking camera that looks at anything. You could look at a wall if you wanted and look at the window and see if there's a leak. But in this case, we use it on people. The most common use that women use is they are using it uh, to try to prevent having a mammogram done as often. And so it's used as a screening tool in that instance. And the the person strips down and they're in a room that's cool. Then the camera is pointed towards them and some pictures are taken. And you can determine where there are hot spots, which are areas that are warmer that could be uh, creating inflammation throughout the body or even an infection. It's really interesting when we do thermography of breasts in my office, we also take pictures of the head, the neck, the thyroid, the back of the neck and the and the really top portion of the back because that also shows some breast tissue around the back of the individual, kind of out of bra line. When we take those images, we are correlating data with women that have uh, root canal teeth. And it's not my research, it's Dr. Rao's research that looks at 98% of the women in his clinic that had breast cancer had a root canal tooth on the same meridian, the energetic meridian we were talking about with the EAV, uh, as the breast on the same side that they have their offending cancer. So that's why we're looking at this tool. And, of course, in, in my office, we use both the EAV and the thermography to help puzzle piece everything together, along with the conventional tools of something like a Panorex, which is the X-ray that goes around your head. When you're dealing with the thermography, it's really interesting because not only can you pick up some areas where the uh, head shows up warmer, which might be white is the very warmest, or some uh, 
hues of red, but you also pick up some areas where it's almost a dark blue or black, where there's poor circulation to a particular area. You also get some information about the lymphatics, the carotid arteries. If there's some blockage, you see a lot of bright white where it's intensely warm. And then we would talk to the person about having a C-reactive protein, which is a blood test done, again, looking for inflammation markers. It will give you some information about how your bite is. So if you have something called TMJ, which is temporomandibular joint issues, or TMD, which is temporomandibular dysfunction, then you might show up with large areas of white in or about the area of your ear. Oftentimes we see people have a lot of inflammation through the muscles of their neck. And we're going to be talking about that in just a second, um, how important it is that you do stretching exercises and how important it is that you keep up with things like a massage or, you know, recently this week I told somebody, use it or lose it. And that's really true. You know, when we're looking at the fascia, the fascia is throughout your entire body and it gets stiff as time goes by or with specific genetic disorders, then you have a tendency with them to, for them to become stiffer than the average. So think of it this way. You look at most kids and they bend down and they tie their shoes. They're happy to do that. Just squat right down and tie their shoe. You look at most adults when they need to tie their shoe and they'll find a chair, pick their foot up and meet it halfway. We really don't do enough stretching, and therefore it's a little bit of a strain for us to do that, so it's easier for us to just find some place to put our foot. When we're talking about that fascia, and again, it's all over your body, but right now I'm talking about it on the neck, because when we do the thermography pictures, oftentimes the neck shows up bright red on either side. Think of it this way. If you could hold a uh, drumstick in your hand of a chicken, and you had the bone in the center, and then you had the meat on top of that, and then you have the skin on top of that. But I tell you, oh my gosh, I'm, there's no way I'm not going to eat chicken that has skin on it. And you look at me, really? Okay, you take the skin off, and as you're doing that, you notice that there's this clear, thin membrane between the meat and the skin of the chicken. That's the fascia. The job of the fascia is to keep the muscle in its place so it just doesn't wad up. That fascia is on top of all of our muscles throughout our entire body. And it's not uncommon with people who have the genetic flaw MTHFR, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, for them to have unusual amounts of inflammation throughout their body, in particular in the fascia. Now, you hear about this a lot in people who have uh, been diagnosed with chronic fatigue and, and they say, oh, you know, my muscles hurt all the time. A lot of times it's not so much the muscle as the fascia. And so if they would get into doing some stretching exercises, that would be real helpful. So someone who does craniosacral work might be able to teach you how to do some muscles. So the craniosacral is the cranium is the head and, and the sacral, of course, is the back. When we're looking at this connection, your head is sitting on your spine and it's about the weight of a bowling ball. So if you're listening to Dr. Jerry Tennant and some of the things that he teaches, he teaches you how to do a particular maneuver with his equipment called the bowling ball technique. And it's by working on your neck and trying to relieve some of the stress throughout the neck muscles themselves. So the thermography is a really good tool for us to use. 
It does show some things, though, that give us false positives. So I'm going to use myself as an example. There have been times where I've had a thermography taken on me, an image taken, when I was pretty upset or angry. And it's not uncommon for my chin to light up bright red. That's the terminal point on your skin for adrenals. And so if you're stressed out or you're upset about something, it wouldn't be uncommon for that area to be kind of being taxed at that moment. And so it might show up as as red. But normally for me, it doesn't image red. I do have some areas on my face, though, that the blood vessel is closer to the surface, so it's warmer than another area. And it always shows up for me in the same spot, the same way. And so that's just me. And that's part of the beauty in thermography is that the first time you have something done, we don't know whether that's just you, uniquely you, or whether there's a problem there. So oftentimes a baseline is established. And then once we start being able to repeat something over and over again, then we determine that that is you or or whether that's an area that needs to be investigated. Another thing that I use in my office is just regular old blood work. You know, when you're looking at the blood work and you notice that a person has a blood sugar that's elevated and you've ruled out the fact that this person isn't a sugarholic, they don't eat you know, lots of ice cream and cakes and cookies, they don't drink a lot of alcohol, then you really should start looking at things like underlying infections. It's not unusual for someone to have a tooth that is so grossly decayed that they don't even feel the fact that it's just a root tip that's in there anymore. It just flat doesn't bother them, but it's still an infection. Or they had a tooth that's been root canaled. And if you've listened to some of our old radio shows, you know that a tooth that's been root canal has had the nerve and the blood supply removed, but it has not had the flesh removed. So the flesh inside the tooth is continuing to break down. And God put bacteria on this planet to scavenge dead flesh. And that bacteria, trust me, it finds a way to get inside that tooth to try to break down that flesh. So now you have a chronic low-grade infection, but you don't have a nerve there, so you're not getting a sensation like you did when the tooth abscessed. And, and you know, I've heard from people there's nothing worse than a toothache. I, I wouldn't know because I haven't had one. For me, backaches are pretty bad. But when we're looking at the blood work, we also want to pay attention to things like the white blood cells being elevated. We want to pay attention to the neutrophils being too high or the lymphocytes being too low because those are markers for us that there could be a bacterial infection and you would want to rule out an upper respiratory infection, a sinus infection, a urinary tract infection. But the thing that gets overlooked the most are the dental infections. You know, you can even have something like Lyme's. And I know people are... uh, much more aware of Lyme's disease than they used to be years ago. But Lyme's can get into a jaw. And so some of these areas of cavitations that have been cleaned out, excavated, sent on for reports are actually coming back with some of the Borrelia and the Babesia. So it's not unusual that you would have an infection that you cannot feel, which is again why it's so important to look at these biological diagnostic tools that we can use. So we get back to that EAV, and that would be a really good tool to use looking for a burden of either a root canal or a cavitation to find out if that's creating part of this uh, chronic low-grade infection because it's not something that you would generally pick up on your more traditional tests. Something that has become... uh, new and improved and better through the years are x-rays in dentistry. 
You know, the x-rays in dentistry now are are digitalized, so they use a lot less exposure than the old x-rays that we have. And now we even have a cone beam, which is a three-dimensional. So where I used to refer patients out and ask a dentist to look at removing a tooth because I could see that there was an infection based on some of the tools that I was using, and they couldn't see the infection, now that we have the capability of the 3D cone beam, I'm getting much more compliance of the dentist going, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, we don't take these on a regular basis. We take what we call the bite wing x-rays. Those are the little rectangular shaped x-rays that go in your mouth that you bite down on that are generally taken once a year to look for decay in between your teeth. So your x-rays, those, those are a necessary evil. You really can't do yourself a good service if you are declining to have x-rays taken at least on an every two-year basis. So when we take an x-ray at our office, we make sure and use a homeopathic remedy so that we can help neutralize the exposure for that day. But I believe that the x-rays are are really necessary. And so we now have dentists in the area that can provide this 3D cone beam for us. If you are looking for a dentist that can provide this kind of service, then I'm going to encourage you to go to our website. It's www.iabdm.org. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. 
I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director for the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, which is a group of dentists and physicians that understand that what's going on in your mouth can interfere with your body and what's going on in your body could interfere with your teeth. And so today we're talking about some different types of tools that are used for biological dentist or physician to help diagnose and determine what kind of therapy needs to be done. I want to make sure that I introduce my trusty sidekick here, Toby. Hello. Who has diligently been uh, answering some emails and questions from people. And a few of these we'd like to pass along. Yeah, one of them is about uh, the panoramic x-ray also known as a Panorex, and we most often refer to it in the dental office as just a pan uh, for short. But people want to know, a lot of people seem to be familiar with, you know, open wide, they stick the bite wing x-ray in your mouth, and you feel like it's kind of pinching your cheek a little bit, and then they put that gizmo, that I'll call it, looks like a cone up against your cheek, they step out of the room, take a picture. But the Panorex seems to have some folks stumped. Um, they don't exactly know what that is. Explain what a panorex is. Okay, the, the term panoramic, so if you've ever had a camera that can provide a panoramic uh, photo, is just an elongated version and it shows us one continual image of your mouth. So you're taking something that is round, your face, and you're trying to make it into something that's flat. So Generally, you're standing at uh, a piece of equipment. Oftentimes, some of the panoramic machines uh, will allow you to be in a seated position. So some of them stand, some of them sit. But you're facing a piece of equipment and a small little tube or a bar goes in your mouth in between your top teeth and your bottom teeth and you bite down on that. And then the cassette that holds the the x-ray actually starts to move around your head and you stand very still. When it finishes, you have a really long picture of your mouth and it's taken, again, your your mouth that's round and put it into something that's flat. So a few of the teeth have a slight tendency to overlap each other. So you can't see in between the teeth as well as you can when they take the bite wing x-rays. So those are individual x-rays where they intentionally make sure that they get a nice clean view of precisely where the teeth touch instead of allowing them to overlap. So in this panoramic x-ray or the panorex that Toby said that we often, you know, refer to it as, you can see the entire jawbone, you can see the TMJ joint, you can see the sinuses, you can see the orbits of the eyes, you can see Uh, oftentimes the hyoid bone, you can see the spine. Not that a dentist would be diagnosing all of those. Now, something showed up and it was grossly uh, abnormal, then they would refer you out. But it's not normal that you see the teeth in relationship to each other in a view where you can see the tip of the root and where it relates to the sinuses. So, if you've ever seen one of these panoramic x-rays or the, the panorex, it gives you so much information just looking at that x-ray. And then when you get into these 3D cone beams, they can look at things and even start looking at 
if, if the airway is open. So now we've talked on a couple of different shows about how important the airway is and the bite and, and these snore guards that are being made or appliances that are being made to alter your breathing ability at night when you sleep. And that's thanks to some of this new technology in the, the panoramic x-rays that are now 3D comb beam. Now the Panorex itself, it doesn't touch you, correct? No. And how long does it take for the machine or the cassette to go around the entire body? Oh my gosh, I've never timed it. I bet it's uh, probably less than 15 seconds. I okay. mean, it's really pretty fast. You're not inside a machine like a oh, no. CAT scan, so there's no need to worry about claustrophobia or anything like that. So it's completely painless. Right. And and the x-ray exposure is much less. I mean, from the standpoint of a, a practitioner or from the people taking the x-ray, the the exposure time is less. You get to see the image immediately. There's no taking the film out and going into the dark room and risking someone not developing the film correctly, which would happen on occasion. You'd have the chemical wouldn't be at the right temperature. It wouldn't be exposed at the correct length of time. And so an x-ray would have to be taken over. And those x-ray exposures were more than what we're looking at now. And of course, the advantage of being digital is it can go from computer to computer and be sent all over the place for people. True. I mean, it's wonderful because you can just, at a click of a button, you can enlarge in these and look at them, which you couldn't do before. You you try to create in your mind whether something was uh, going into a maxillary sinus or whether there was a, a root canal pin that was going beyond the end of the root and was perforating up into the sinus. But now you can actually blow it up and really look at it. And yes, dear listeners, we will take it upon ourselves to look up to see if enlargen is really a word. Oh, it's not a word? <laughs> it may not be. <laughs> I think it's just in, okay, enlarge. Enlarge. There you go. But we'll the look image. up enlargen and we'll let you know. <laughs> I'm going to use it as a Scrabble word. There you go. <laughs> it's commonly known as a dawnism. <laughs> Uh, MTHFR, that seems to be, and I've heard when we've gone to different seminars, they call it the mother of all genes. The mother of all genes. Is it more prominent in men than women? It is available as a gene in both men and women, right? Yes, you get. Or a flaw. Yeah, you get one snip from your mother, one from your father. Um, there are multiple flaws in the MTHFR, but there are two very common ones that are screened for right now. But there are a lot, as we're learning more about genome, the genome project and genetics, um, I always get back to years ago, a particular patient, and I can remember this lady, um, I thought that she was not taking her chelation correctly because when she took her original urine challenge, she had a certain amount of lead and mercury in her body. And upon retesting, it hadn't budged at all. And so I felt like she was not being upfront with me about how she was using her chelation. I ended up dismissing her as a patient because I thought that she was incredibly noncompliant. Only later to run across somebody else who had a very similar instance. And in that time frame, I was learning more about the MTHFR, and there weren't very many practitioners that knew anything about it. But as I started to learn more about it, and I started to dabble in using some of the methylcobalamin and the folate instead of folic acid, it actually, like a light bulb, or, or even better, like a key, 
unlocked the patient's ability to be able to methylate mercury. So basically what happens for those individuals is they become a hoarder. They take in heavy metals, in particular mercury, and they get it in their body tissues and their body doesn't function as God intended. It doesn't release. So I always explain to patients, if I were a hoarder and I liked paper, pretty paper, different colors of paper, and my house is such that I can't even get through the door, and you decide to do me a favor. You come in, you start cleaning all the rooms in my house. You put all the trash into garbage bags, but you don't take them out to the front, you know, to get the trash man to pick it up. I come home, and I see all these trash bags full of paper. What I do is start going through the trash bags. Oh, not that, not that piece. You can't throw that piece out. It's too pretty. So I take that one out. Oh, no, there's another one. That's one of my favorite. I take that out. So these people that are the hoarders, that people with the MTHFR flaw, they get the mercury in their body. It's not that we can't move it from the inside of the cell to the extracellular space. That's not the hard part. The hard part is getting it into the potty. So getting it out to the trash man to pick up. And so what happens is it's now in the extracellular space, but the body decides, oh, no, not that piece of paper, not that, not that molecule of mercury, and it sucks it back into the cell. So you end up with this person that just recycles, and it, it's mobilized, but it's not removed. And that's a huge difference. So once they start getting the correct kind of B12 in their system, whether that's um, there's several different forms that they can use. And now that we know more about the genetic issues, we, we get more involved as if that wasn't enough where we recognized, okay, we give them the right kind of B12. We give them the right kind of folate because they can't break down folic acid. And now they start methylating mercury and they dump it. They take it out to the trash. It, now their body is working like the, it's supposed to. Now we've got these other genetic flaws. We find out there's a COMT flaw and it has to do with dopamine levels. But those people don't do as well with the methylcobalamin as they do with other kinds. So it's just becoming a nightmare. If you don't believe that there's a creator out there, then you're messed up because humanity doesn't even know everything that goes on in a the body. There's just, it's so involved in everything that goes on. But if you're looking to do the test, uh, it can be done through a blood test. It's a once in a lifetime test. It's genetic. So it's, it's like you being uh, a girl. You can dress as a boy, you can cut your hair and you can not wear makeup and you might look like a guy, but when you test genetically, you're still a girl. So once you do this test and you find out that you have a part of the flaw, there is a correction for it, which usually is taking a, a simple supplement, but you'll always have the flaw. If you stop taking the supplement, then you go right back to being a hoarder and you've got all this stuff that you're picking up in your body and won't appropriately dump. And how do you test for it? By blood? You can do it by blood. That's the most common way. You can also do it through saliva. So there are like the 23andMe, and I'm not necessarily plugging 23andMe, although I've done it on myself and I've done it on you. I think that uh, it's very easy to do because at salivary, the issue is you end up with so much information that quite honestly, there are very few people who can help you unravel all of that information to know what it is you're supposed to do. But I don't, I don't necessarily see that as a downside. So the bottom line then to MTHFR to get rid of it, you're talking about detox. 
No, it's not really, it's not get rid of it. You can never get rid of it. You've got to deal with it and manage it. And that is using a supplement that will allow your body to detox. These people can't detoxify. They, their body does not function correctly. They're missing a piece of the puzzle piece in order to function. So it's like you're trying to clean a house with no trash bags. It is just really difficult. We're going to go ahead and take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of other tests that are available um, in the dental DNA and oral DNA and even some clotting tests. So we've got a little more information to share with you. So we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Don Ewing, and today we're talking about some biological tools that can be used to help a dentist or a physician in their diagnosis and therapy and some problems that may occur either in your mouth or in your body. One of the things that we've talked about before is the use of a face contrast microscope by taking some of the plaque from around your teeth, that's the film that you feel with your tongue, and a little bit of blood right at the sulcus of where your tooth meets the gum tissue. They can go in and look for unusual bacteria in your mouth, things that are not supposed to be there. On occasion, they'll find things like entamoeba gingivalis, where they can help you use uh, some ozone or some... uh, ozonated olive oil, colloidal silver. There's lots of different therapies, even prescriptions that can be used to help take care of those problems. Occasionally, they'll even find a parasite in your mouth, so trichomonads or something like that, where they will have to use some kind of antiparasitic in order to help you out. 
There are some other good tests that are out there. One of them is the dental DNA test that we did an entire show on, looking at the different kinds of uh, bacteria that you may find as problems or even viruses in your body. And some of them, like spirochetes, Borrelia, Babesia, um, looking at just the saliva in your mouth and in order to get a sample. And it's my understanding that soon they're either even going to come out with a urinary test that will be able to identify some of this bacteria systemically. It's just that they won't know if it came from your mouth then. Um, so usually if it's coming from the saliva, they're pretty sure it's coming from your mouth. Then there's another test that can be done called an oral DNA test. And they look at specific bacteria that has to do with cardiovascular disease. And that's a really interesting test um, that is again done with saliva. And so if they identify some of the bacteria that put you at higher risk for rheumatoid arthritis or for uh, periodontal disease, then again, taking care of that bacteria, getting everything in check can help you not only systemically, but in the periodontal area as far as the bone that's supporting the teeth. Another test that they do is an interleukin-1 positive. Those people when they come back with the IL-1A positive, they are like a chicken little. They overreact to things. Those are the people that I would caution about maybe having an implant placed because if their body is overreacting, then putting something foreign in there might not work to their advantage. But certainly they overreact to unusual bacteria being in their mouth. So this might be the kid that He doesn't do such a good job brushing his teeth, neither does his sister, but he has gums that are swelling up over the top of his braces, and she doesn't. They're just a little red and they bleed. If he's interleukin-1A positive, then he's overreacting to that same amount of bacteria. So there's a lot of information that you can find out from these um, tests that are out there that a biological dentist would be more in tune with understanding. Also, we get into some things that won't allow your body to heal correctly, and one of them is a clotting disorder. So we do find that some people will go through cavitation surgery or have a tooth removed, and it didn't fill in like we expected it would. And they may have surgery done for a second time. Those patients are the ones that I'm very interested in knowing what their clotting is. If there's a hypofibrinalysis, if their blood is too thick, if their blood is too thin, if they have a protein C or a protein S deficiency, or there are even some genetic blood clotting disorders that could be life-saving for them finding out that they have it. And in the meantime, will also allow their body to heal after they have surgery. And those are just done through your traditional physician, or you can do a Hemex panel. Uh, There's a particular lab called Hemex, and they'll do a complete blood clotting study. Something I do want to talk about that's a test that's done, it's not really an invasive test, but there are very few dentists that understand this. It's usually someone who's more into a bite or a structural issue, and that is a course out there called Chirodontics. It's a gentleman, Dr. Bob Walker, and years ago, he was going through chiropractic school, had some problems that popped up. Um, He had started off actually in the field of just conventional medicine. His health problems took him to a chiropractor who fixed him. So he jumped ship from conventional school and ended up in chiropractic school. As you find, a lot of chiropractors have had some kind of a personal experience like that. But Bob got really interested in going to seminars on teeth. And he just seemed to be gravitating to these 
different seminars. And what he'd find in his own practice is that the patient would walk in and their spine was out of alignment and he'd adjust them. And as he would turn them to say goodbye to them, he'd look at a crooked smile. They'd go back, they'd see their dentist. The dentist looks at the crooked smile and adjusts the bite. Has them tap down on paper, get out the little... Uh, you know, burr and grind on a couple of teeth so that they make their bite nice and straight, the dentist would then get them out of the chair, stand them up, and they'd have a crooked back as they'd tell them goodbye. They'd go back and see Dr. Walker. Dr. Walker would see the crooked back, straight smile, fix their back, crooked smile. And so he said it didn't take much for him to figure out that he was in competition with the dentist down the street. And biological dentists oftentimes will ask a dentist to get a uh, to get their patients to get a chiropractic adjustment right before they're going to do something like take an impression so that if they're going to have a night guard or they're going to have a partial or full denture made that they're not going back and forth in this, um, you know, they're all just against each other. So if they get the chiropractic adjustment and they leave with a cotton roll in between their mouths so that they're not biting down all the way, they drive to the dentist's office and then the first time that the teeth actually fit together is on top of the red and blue paper so that they can make whatever adjustments need to be made, take the impression, and then we have both a straight spine and a straight smile. So again, we're talking about this bowling ball, which weighs eight to 10 pounds that's sitting on top of a spine and your atlas and your axis being your very first two vertebrae that are in there. Everything that we talked about, even from the very beginning, when we're talking about the fascia and how your muscle works, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, Recently last year, had some shoulder pain on the left side of my shoulder. I've almost well, at least for the last 20 years, been able to notice that my right shoulder is several inches lower than my left shoulder. I always thought that that was from my time in dentistry where I was sitting in a crooked position, dipping my right shoulder down so that I could look into a patient's mouth. And I just assumed that that was the case until this year when I started seeing someone who does trigger point massage therapy. And in actuality, she found a part of my, uh, kind of below my right hip bone in the center of my butt cheek. And if she would push down on that area, there was an intense pain for me. I mean, the kind of pain where you have to kind of breathe through it like Lamaze breathing. And when she pushed on it and that area released, my left shoulder went down and relaxed. So your body is connected in more ways than just your spine and your head sitting on top of it. Again, that fascia is all connected. So I'm hoping that you understand that there are some different tools that are out there for any dentist or physician to help make that connection between whether there's a problem with your mouth, whether it's a bite, whether it's an infected tooth, or if there's a hot spot, and whether there's something going on with the body that could be affecting your teeth, like some of the things we talked about earlier in uh, the people who purge and have problems with sugar exposures. I hope that this has been an interesting topic for you this week, and we hope that you will tune in next week. And in particular, I'd love for you to go back and listen to some of our old shows. And if you ever need to email us a question, please do so, drdawn 
at drdawn.net. If you're looking for a dentist or for a physician who can provide this kind of treatment for you, then if you'll go to our website, www.iabdm.org, you'll see that there's a list of practitioners there. Go through and do a search, and and please call the office and, and ask them questions. If you have any other questions, feel free to get in touch with us, and we'll help you out. Thanks so much. It's been enjoyable talking to you this week. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week. We'll be right back.